Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play and Corrales Punta Cana Club Championship Brought to you by 18 Birdies, the best golf app in the business. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Let's get to it. What's going on, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. Presented by 18 Birdies. Hey, listen, one of our favorite features of 18 Birdies is the golf bag. Your ability to customize your bag with your clubs, how far you hit each club, then you can keep track of your distances. You get your own personal caddy in the palm of your hand with Caddy Plus. It'll tell you what to hit for each club. If you keep updating it, you can continue to see how you improve with each club. So that'll help you in your real golf game. We're here to help you with your DFS golf game and your bracket picking this week as we have the WGC Dell match play and we've got the Punta Cana Corrales Club Championship. We're going to hit all that. We're going to talk a little bit about our first impressions of Masters pricing on DraftKings as well. We're going to talk about the Road to Augusta details from Fantasy Draft. We actually managed to fill about an hour's worth of content talking about two tournaments that we're really not crazy about in terms of DFS. We do recommend you scale down a bit, but we we talk about it nonetheless. We make some picks. We go through each group in the match play and tell you who we like to come out of those groups. And we've got some sleepers for Corrales, if that tickles your fancy. But we hope you have an entertaining show. We, we hope you guys enjoy it. We had a good time talking about it. So uh, let's get to it. May your screens be green. Here you go. What's up, golf addicts? It's David Barnett of the Tour Junkies. Oh, hey Pat, how are you, bud? I'm, I'm good. You sound a little distraught. I've had a good, a good day of banking, though. It's been a great day. Oh, really? Hey, yeah. by the way, how many leads have you gotten off that job interview we did a couple weeks ago? One, and it was from your wife. <laughs> apparently you you really butchered that job interview Uh, no no, well the the one on the pod yeah that was yeah but you know yeah that's what i I was i was i had i was on the podcast juice it really wasn't i don't know i didn't think it was fair if we're going off of that for being like a true job interview and we we need a different setting um but you know what my day started let me just talk about how my day started in banking this morning so this guy comes in as soon as we open our doors. And he's, well, I don't want to, I don't know. I'm not going to stereotype the guy. I mean, let's just say he came off the street, just like anybody does, actually, that comes in our bank. They come <laughs> off the street. Very and, PC. Very and PC. He had a clear glass marble in his okay. hand. Okay. Mm. And he wanted to know if, if, uh, what, what he could sell it to us for, because he, he thought that we could um, we could exchange this marble for cash. 
<laughs> um, so uh, that's how my day got started. So did you do it? Did you trade them up? I didn't. Yeah, I should have given him something out of my pocket. Like, you know what? Here's I ended up giving him a bottle of water and some crackers. <laughs> Maybe he was doing the whole like, have you ever heard about the thing where like you start with a paper clip and you go door to door and you try to like trade up or like sell like sell up to to do it and then like I've heard like whoever started this I like, ended up with like a boat. Have you ever have you ever heard of that? No, but I I, I kind of like I, I know where you're going with this. That's I mean, what cool. what what would you trade? Because we really don't have a whole lot of other really useful stuff to talk about tonight. So, like, if somebody knocked on your door and you were the first door they came to, and they had a paperclip, and they were like, "Listen, I, I just want to trade any. I'll I will give you this paperclip for anything that you have. Anything you want to get rid of, I will I will trade you. What what would it be?" Well, because you know, a paperclip's pretty useful. Okay. Well, yeah, but they're all yeah, but it's also a supply and demand thing, right? Like you're not you're not you have plenty of paper clips. I'm yeah, sure. but I don't have plenty of paper clips in my house. I'm yeah, in but, my office. Okay, yeah, but then you would be like, well, if I need a paper clip, something I'll just go to work tomorrow and yeah, get a paper clip. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't know. Maybe like a few sheets of paper, so you can use it. You could, well, you no, could, they would give you the paper clip. So I got to give them something back. Okay, I'm going to give them, um, I'd probably go with like a pen. A pen, okay. Mm -hmm. What would you go with? Um, I mean, I guess I'd find something in my house I need to get rid of anyway. Like, I I guess that's where you kind of get going, because I would give them something that probably takes up a lot of space that I need to get rid of anyway, and I can, I can save a trip to Goodwill or to... The dumpster. But don't you want to feel like you're getting a like something like they were giving you a paperclip? So yeah, but, yeah, but they're save. Yeah, but they're save indirectly. They're saving me a trip to like Goodwill or something else. Like, or they're saving me just sitting there looking at this thing, knowing that I need to get rid of it. Like, probably I would give away like a shirt that I haven't worn, like a a dress oh, shirt, okay, that I haven't worn in a long time. Well, I'm staring at a TV, like a nice Sony flat screen TV that's broken. I could give them that. Oh, yeah. You could, we could give them a Pod Bros T-shirt since that's basically <laughs> exactly. as, as useless that, as a favorite. That clip. should have been my answer as a Pod Bros T-shirt. <laughs> Which, by the way, they're on sale right now. TourJunkies.com. You guys Dang can check it. that out. And I'm staring at the whole box full of them right now. <laughs> Um, hey, listen, tonight's going to be a fun podcast. We are rather, um, I don't know what the word is. We're just kind of not really feeling the whole alternate event or the WGC event. Um, but we're going to hit them. We're going to hit them. We don't know when we're going to hit them or how hard we're going to hit them, but we're going to hit them. We're going to talk master's pricing tonight. We got, we got that, that that came out this past week, so a little initial reaction there. But actually, the Arnold Palmer. Pat was full of interesting things like, you know, the guy who came into the Arnold Palmer in absolutely garbage, just dumpster fire form and then ran away with it on yeah. Sunday in Rory McIlroy, who we both faded. Oh, well, I mean, it, and if you watch the, the, the Sherpa video on Rotor Grounders, he was obviously my fate of the week. It's just, I mean, when you look at how his form 
stat, every anything you want to talk about going when you're looking at picking a golfer. He did not, just wasn't there. But here's why golf is so crazy, because they can find it at any time. He had a dinner on Monday night, apparently, or Tuesday with Brad Faxon, and they talked about putting. They did not even, they didn't even, like, get on the putting green. They were just talking about, like, you know, putting and in and, and general. And God, what did he say to him? I don't know, because somebody needs to say that to me. Oh. With, with anything. Jeez, I mean, he's got some sort of... Like, yeah. Magic wand or something, but it worked. Yeah, it, it sure did. I mean, he had the best putting performance, arguably, of his career. Um, Why is it when when Rory wins, too, he just absolutely blows everyone out, mm-hmm. like on Sunday? Yeah, it wasn't even close. I mean, DeChambeau finishes second with a nice eagle on the back nine on Sunday, last couple holes, which is impressive. Uh, by, by the way, we did talk him up. I mentioned him. I told you the week before, he said he slept on his neck wrong, his back wrong. That's the only reason he withdrew. I'm telling you, that, that was, that was a, that, you had to pay attention to that one. So I gave you DeChambeau. Um, but, yeah, we whiffed on Rory. Most, I mean, yeah. It's just that it is, a, it is an example of why golf is so freaking hard. It is hard. So, like, all you guys, actually, we had a number of listeners do really well this week. So, congrats to you guys who, who did really well. But for those of you who are like, man, this is not, I am not good at this. It is, it is a difficult thing to predict. It is, it is the most difficult sport to predict for reasons like this. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, the number one, the overwhelming number one thing that every pro every caddy that we talk to says is most important is form the number one it is overwhelming we've not had one person say anything different we've asked probably a dozen tour pros and caddies between form course history and statistical fit what's most important and they all 100 percent have said form and rory comes in acting like he doesn't know which end of the putter to hold and then sets the world on fire saturday and sunday (laughs) with the putter his putter was just, it's, it was ridiculous. And then, it's, and it's something like his last, I think I heard on the, on the, when I was watching yesterday, that something like his, like his last six or seven, six maybe tournament rounds, he hasn't shot under par. And then he goes yeah. out and does that. I mean, it's yeah. just, you, you, but, I mean, and now look what we got. Like, we got, we got Rory. And, and well, you got to say good form now with his putter. You know, you got DJ. He's he's DJ. You got Jason Day coming off of a win and then a you know a top five finish. Also, then you got Tiger playing good. You know, all the it's just it's if we see a little bit of form out of Spieth, maybe the next one or two events. I think he'll play two events. He may play the next two weeks or maybe just this week. I don't know. But um, man. The Masters is shaping up to be just incredible. Yeah, it it, it is. Um, we got talk. Other... Let's, let's talk Tiger though. API though, we got to at least talk that too. Tiger, another top ten finish, a top five finish at the API. Um, clearly, Ian. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, the concern going into Augusta is the driver because you do have to hit driver at Augusta. Now, you can you can be a little squirrely with it at Augusta. You can get away with it. You can hit from the pine straw, you know, 
at Augusta. You, you know, I think he took seven penalty shots at the API. Seven. <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to have that that you're many not. penalty shots at Augusta because of of you know being able to play from another fairway or the the pine straw, which I for one appreciate in terms of my game. But at the same time, that doesn't he can't win doing that. Like he he can't win. Like what? It, it, let's just say let's just say his driver doesn't change and he does the same he's he is the exact same thing that he's demonstrated the last couple of weeks what is his upside what is the best he can do cuz he can't win can he top 5 can he top 10 can he top 15 oh i definitely think he can top 5 it you definitely think he can top five at spraying the driver the way that he has augusta's so different man i mean you've been out there we've been out there for you know, well, heck, I'm, I don't want to say my age, but for a long time, I've seen that course and you can, we all know you're old. You can put it out there and, and, you know, I mean, you can't go like Jordan Spieth at the British Open and knock it, you know, 70 yards offline or whatever. But, you know, if you, if you're, he's hitting the driver good enough to compete and to win, even right now, even with what I've seen right now. I don't think he's hitting it good enough to win. I I think his upside is top fifteen, maybe top ten, maybe. I I don't I don't think he's hitting it good enough to win. I think you have, have to. Have you hit seen the better. like? All right, the driver's not the only thing in the bag. Have you seen all his the, his irons that he's playing and how solid and just yes, and yes. his short game, which is obviously key at Augusta, and his putting, which is another key at Augusta. Yes. And here's the thing too. We all, and this is what we'll probably talk about later when we look at pricing for the Masters. Is it's just you have to have experience on these greens. I mean, we've only seen one first timer, Fuzzy Zeller, win it. That's it. He's obviously got that experience. I don't care if it's been a few years since he's been on this course. Uh, I, from what I've seen, he can certainly contend to win here. Do, does he need to straighten out the driver a little bit? Yes, but you can be, you can spray it off the tee. I mean, think yeah, about Bubba. I mean, Bubba's won here twice, and he's not exactly known to be the most accurate driver in the world. But he can freaking bomb it, and he knows how to play this course, and it sets up well for his game. Yeah, like I mean, I, you just can't be that lost off the tee to me. Like, he cannot come into Augusta being as lost as he is off the tee with the driver against those that are in form right now and looking. This is shaping up to be the most interesting competitive compelling masters in a long time with so many guys playing really well right now and it just he just can't that's why i say i think his upside is top 15 maybe top 10 if he stays exactly the same if he doesn't improve it over these next two weeks which we, we're not going to know i mean he's i'm sure he's going to go work on it but I'm saying if he does the if he does the same thing he's doing he did in the last couple of weeks I think top ten is the max upside for him given you know given everything else but it was an interesting week for him I, I think um, there were some other interesting storylines before you know we're gonna we're gonna go down the Masters rabbit hole here in just a minute but <clears throat> you had um you had a little drama Sunday with old Patrick Reed and the rules official oh, you yeah. caught you caught the video with old mm-hmm. old P. Reed. Now, P. Reed is. Listen, I'm just gonna say this because we're we're never gonna have Patrick Reed on our podcast. But Patrick Reed's an asshole. It's a, he's a confirmed. It's confirmed. 
He just is. Like, I've talked to two people who played with him at Augusta State. Both said everything that was written about him, everything that was said about him was true. Um, I've talked to a couple of tour wives, caddy wives, that talk about how Justine, his wife, is constantly the you know in the ropes and on his hip and like thinks that everybody's trying to steal her man all the time and you know he's he's obviously now I love the man when it comes to Ryder Cup I freaking love it but he is just he's too much to me he's just a little too much to me and his his interaction with the rules official just shows what a douche he, he really is. And, and whether the rules official was right or wrong, I feel like the rules official was probably wrong. Like, he, he had an issue with a ball and, and some cables and some TV production type stuff that should have been movable. I feel like the rules official was probably wrong. And, and of course, Reed calls him out and says, like, well, if, this were, if my name were Jordan Spieth, this would be different, which I also think that's not a slam on Jordan Speed. That's a slam on the rules official and the PJ Tour in general. But I think he's right there. I just think he's a. I just think he's a jerk. Like, and then you you could hear his wife chiming in oh, too. Yeah, you could hear his wife chiming in in the video. Yeah, she's like any other tour player would have gotten this. Any other tour player, but on. my precious husband. Yeah, I, I just think he. I just think his color show like that. And I saw something on Twitter. Somebody talking about like this is one of the benefits. I think it's Brendan Porath of SB Nation. This is one of the benefits of the mobile of the new mobile policy on the PGA Tour. <laughs> we true. get videos like this, and it's and, gonna and it's gonna expose some players. It's gonna expose some players that typically aren't, you know, susceptible to this kind of critique. And and Patrick Reed is is he thinks he's a pretty big deal, like old fig definition of old fig jam, if you ask me. Um, and. and it's it just the video was just uh it was just kind of it's just kind of gross i needed a shower after I do you have like any differing thoughts than that actually i don't I, I didn't like it either i thought it was i mean I'm, i was watching it just kind of cringing a little bit i did think it was it was pretty i did like what what the rules official said when he was like he's basically like just play away patrick <laughs> just yeah just play away just go and and, and stop you know bitching about it or whatever. I, mean, I just thought it was... I, and I agree, though. I think it was not a shot at Spieth. I think the media is going to make a lot about that. And we saw tonight when we when we got the pairings for the uh, or the groups for the match play that actually they're going to be playing against each other uh, because they are in the same group. And I'm sure the media is going to make some big deal about it, but I don't think that's what he meant. I don't think it had anything to do with Spieth. It was just... It was more the rules official... The guy, the player of the caliber of Spieth, or D, he could set any name right there he wanted to. He just Spieth popped into his mind. But yeah, I just—he's just such a jerk, man. And I, and it, and for a guy that you know does so well and and competes hard for like the U.S. and and whatever else is a fiery personality, he should he should be able to use that in a better way to, to come across better for, for fans. I mean, he obviously doesn't really care about that too much either. So no, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually, so I'm going to, I'm going to segue here from the API golf digest just came out. Tommy Fleetwood is on the cover and there is a, a feature in the back on none other than Bob Golby. That's Mm. right. 
the man who we have named our mascot after, Bob Golby. Pat, did you know this is the 50th anniversary of his Masters win over Roberto DiVincenzo, who signed the incorrect scorecard? Did you know that? They're celebrating 50 years. It was 1968 that old Bob Golby won. I did, actually. Well, they did a they did a a cool little write up on him, and he basically just it was a fun write up. It was just he just basically rattled off a few short stories about interesting stuff, both about that Masters and just about life on tour. And um, one of the things that he mentioned was um, this story, <clears throat> and uh, it was about um, it was about Arnold Palmer. There was a rules official who. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you two stories here. I'm going to read it to you. He Bob says, "I'll tell you a story I've kept mostly to myself all these years. It's a true story because the man who told it to me, the late Jack Tuthill, had as much integrity as any man ever. Three weeks after the 1968 Masters, uh, when Roberto DiVincenzo signed the wrong scorecard and lost, he won the Houston Champions International Tournament." Jack was the tournament director for the tour and was on site. He told me that Roberto left the scoring tent without signing his scorecard. That penalty is a disqualification. Jack told me he struggled with himself at the moment because on one hand there was the letter of the law, while on the other hand was the unholy mess that would arise if Roberto had DQ'd himself by, of all things, three weeks later, another scorecard incident. What do you do? Jack searched for Roberto, found him, and brought him back to sign his card, and Roberto goes down as the winner of that competition. Now, flash forward to 1972, the same rules official was working at the Masters, and on the second hole, Arnold Palmer, fan favorite, right? You could argue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, on the second hole, Arnold Palmer left a bunker shot in the bunker. Whacked his sand, whacked the sand with his club in anger. Jack immediately hit Arnold with a two-shot penalty for grounding his club in the bunker. It was absolutely the right call, but after the round, officials convened and decided to rescind the penalty. That kind of thing happened at Augusta on on occasion. This one did not sit well with Jack Tuthill. He felt belittled by it, and he refused to ever work as an official at Augusta again. Which I thought was an interesting story, but also just goes to show like favoritism <laughs> between PGA Tour rules officials and and those that direct the tournament have been around for decades. And if you think <laughs> that people like Jordan Spieth and Phil and Tiger and those kind of guys don't get a little extra bump from time to time, I, I I just don't think we I don't think we realize that that happens. So well, while I don't agree easily, with Reed's comment, I think it was a douchey comment. I think that kind of stuff does actually happen. I, you know what? And here's the thing: it happens in almost any sport. You see that in basketball with you know, we hear this all the time with you know basketball with with maybe LeBron gets calls. You know with with you hear it definitely with football with Tom Brady and whoever else. So it's it's not anything new, and I, I think it's. It's accurate. I mean, yeah. Um, 
A couple of other funny things from this Bob Golby article. We've talked about it. If you listen to our Tribal Knowledge and TJ Origins pod, we talk about Bob Golby. He was also quite the character on the PGA Tour. He was known to be quite the character. And um, he mentions here uh, he fouled out of 14 straight basketball games at one point in high school, <laughs> which is pretty funny. He, he said, I, I like to consider myself a little aggressive. <laughs> Um, if anybody stole the basketball from him, he would kind of take it up a notch and do his best to get it back. Uh, but then one of the funniest things I read, um, we've, we'd heard this before, but if you talk to guys on the PJ Tour that played with Bob Golby back in the day and ask them what kind of player he was, they would talk about how good he was, but then they would say he also had one of the, the nastiest hooks uh, on on golf like in golf like that when he got the hooks it was the worst you know and he this little short statement cracked me up he said uh he's 88 years old now by the way he says the best cure for a hook is to turn 88 years old <laughs> i play three times a week but don't hit the ball hard enough to curve it an inch one way or the other i'm so short i can hear the ball land without turning up my hearing aid <laughs> which i thought was freaking awesome i love that that is great so uh 50 years it has been since bob golby has won the masters and uh now i'm sure you would not be proud to know that some couple knuckleheads from augusta georgia have started a fantasy golf podcast with a blind squirrel nicknamed golby i'm sure he would not really be interested in that but probably wouldn't care too much i thought it was funny Speaking of Masters, Pat, let's let's talk a little bit about Masters. The DraftKings prices are out for Masters week. We want to give some initial reactions now. You know, there's going to be some some players added to the field. Um, we suspect anyway. I suspect there's going to be some players added to the field. You've got to finish in the top 50 in the World Golf Ranking at the end of this week, I believe. And then the winner, if not already in, for the Shell Houston is also going to qualify. So the field will begin getting solidified here soon. But um, obviously, you've got some. You've got the Millie Maker coming out in DraftKings. You've got Fantasy Draft has a large tour card GPP. Um, it's it's going to be nuts. And with so many guys in form, it's... I don't know, man. It's going to be a wild year. And obviously the Masters is a shorter field. When you look at the majors, it's a shorter field. 90-something players for the most part. Uh, We'll see what it comes out to when it's all said and done. But it's a shorter field, uh, a a smaller cut as well. So uh, you have that going for you. But let's look at some DraftKings prices, Pat. What some initial reaction from you I mean, I'll say like first of all, with so many good players in form, it's. I mean, you go all the way down, like you're in the eight Ks, and you're seeing like I'm in the eight Ks before I'm seeing somebody that I'm just like not willing to even touch because so many guys are in form or have the history here. It's it's crazy. What's what do you, what do you think um, about the Masters pricing on DK so far? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that it, it is, and and we know. I mean, this is like you said. It's a it's a you could consider it a shorter field event with with the fact that they just don't have as many players as you typically typically do for a major. And then with the pricing, you know, these guys they they can't put them all over at ten k and nine k. You know, you get like, and then that's when you'll see a guy like Sergio who won it last year at eighty six hundred. I mean, yeah, that's. 
that's pretty ridiculous. Well, and you have you have sixteen guys at the bottom that are useless. Like if you're trying to win a GPP anyway, I, I don't yeah. care. I, I don't care. Like this is the thing about the Masters with the whole past champions deal. You've got your Larry Mize, your Mike Mike Weir. Like you've got these sixteen guys. You know the amateurs at the bottom that are basically useless. So you really do cut the field down. Even in, more, yeah. And, in and terms you, of trying now, to win a GPP. You can't consider Bernhard Longer useless because <clears throat> true, the guy just it comes to play here, and that's where... Borderline, though. I mean, I still... It's still borderline, but you, you, yeah, it could be worth a flyer in a GPP. Yeah. There has probably been a GPP, like, was it last year or two years ago, that where somebody put an entry with, with, with Longer or Couples or somebody yeah. and, and did well. But, yeah, I mean... But looking at the top, I mean, I'm not surprised at how the pricing is. I mean, you get DJ at 11.4. I I don't think that's you know. I, I figured he'd probably be the highest price guys or highest price guy. I, I'm I, I think Rory is interesting at 9900, just below Tiger at 10. And and the pricing came out obviously before he won. I think there could be. I'm surprised there's not six or seven guys here in this 10k range. That that is a little interesting to me. Like where they only had Tiger, Spieth, Justin, and DJ above 10K. They could have easily fit Day in there. They could have easily fit Rory in there. Uh, you could maybe make an argument for for Mickelson or Rom, but you can't. You, you, I don't know. It, it's interesting to me the way this pricing is. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, and I think if you look at the bottom, like I, I go to the bottom. And I look at a few guys because I mean everybody in this ten and nine k range you can make an argument for. And obviously, when we come out with our Masters podcast, we'll try to land on some guys that we're going to plant our flag on and roll with. And even our our friends at Fanshare Sports or um, FanshareSports.com, they're already starting to curate the the amount of chatter given to each one of these guys in terms of DFS. So you'll want to check out fansharesports.com and and um you know be ready to follow those tags and see who's getting talked up for GPPs. But when I look at the bottom, uh you know, I start in that sixty eight hundred, sixty seven. Um I actually had a text conversation the other day with old George Bryan, our friend George Bryan from the Bryan Brothers who was on the podcast the other uh, early in January. And I asked him, I was making fun of his brother saying, you know, have you taught your brother how to hit the driver yet? <clears throat> and he said, you know, actually Wes has been hitting it really well. He's been at home grinding. He shot now he's playing around a bunch of these courses in Augusta shooting 60 he lipped out for 59 the other week um you know he's like but hey Wes is working on it Wes has found the driver I think he's sneakily in play at Augusta sneakily is that a word no I just made that up now (laughs) I don't think he's in play because I don't think he hits it long enough number one and I think your first masters at in front of basically Mm -hmm. a hometown crowd is a a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but crazier things have happened. I think we've seen Jimmy Walker flash a little form. He's played Augusta well before. He's interesting at 68. Uh, Brennan Steele at 69. Kevin Chappell at 69. Charlie Hoffman, who we saw get out, get out to an incredible start, I think it was last year, at 7,100, just faded on the weekend. Those are some low-priced guys that, that kind of just jump out at me when I'm looking there. Um, yeah, the, 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 
I think you're going to have to, I think length is important. We've had some rain here at, at Augusta. Like, I, you know, and I, and I know, I know Augusta will dry out the greens and I know there's the sub air system, you know, they can, they can dry out these greens and do what they want with them. But I just think, I think you're going to have to have some length. I think it's going to be softer than normal. Um, so I'm not going to have a whole lot of guys that aren't crushing it off the tee. Any thoughts yeah. there or any thoughts on guys near the bottom? I mean, Gary Woodland's at 7200 bucks. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and you know me with, with this, and, and, and I'm sure the listeners are going to know this, but I, I think that you certainly, more than anything, have to look at course history and, and experience here, and, and I've, I've said it. But I just think, like, you look at, like, Jimmy Walker. You mentioned him at 6800 He's actually been, you know, over his last four years here, he had he's made the cut four straight years. He's got a top ten in two thousand fourteen. He was top twenty last year. You know, so and that was I, I think his his health is coming around. So I, I think he is certainly in play. Um, Woodland concerns me a little bit, just because I don't know. He just doesn't typically play well here. But I think he I can fits very well. But I, I don't. I guess it's the putter, but I feel like he's a different putter this year. You know, I mean, he's kind of shown that. Yeah. I think the putter is what's held him back, but I think he's an interesting flyer. Now, right there around Woodland is Brooks Kepka at $7,600. That's going to be I interesting. Mean, what are you going to do That is with a him? tempting price. I don't know. I'm going to have to pray about that one because, I mean, geez, from just the game, obviously he's dealing with the wrist injury, which we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him freaking. I mean, we haven't seen him since since the tournament of champions. Um, so he's had. I mean, he'll have he'll have nearly three months. He'll have three months rest. I don't know, but seventy six hundred for a guy like Kepka is really tempting. That's tempting. I'll I'm say such this a sucker too. for him. Anyway, I'm probably going to have some of him. I'll say this too. I think if you want to if you want to talk about a, a first timer that just just off the page. <clears throat> You know, before doing a ton of research, because we have not done, a, let's just go ahead and say that we have not done a ton of research, even though we do know the course right. obviously very well. But Finau at seventy four hundred could be interesting. That's a guy that I mean, he obviously bombs uh, it off the tee. He's a he's a you know pretty good. Uh, the putting might the putting me. man. Oh, yeah, putting is so bad for him. That, but I don't know, man. I mean, he should be able to be knocking these in tight. Off of those, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling Finau. Similarly, I, I feel the same way about Thomas Peters at 8,300. Yeah, I agree I, with you there. I'm too. not a huge fan of Thomas Peters. I, I mean, I do love the ball striking ability and the bombing and whatever, but at 8,400, you know, priced right there around Hideki and Fleetwood and defending champ Garcia, defending champ Adam Scott, right below him. I'm not a fan of Thomas Peters for that reason. Like, yeah. that's the one thing that the national is going to expose, man. If you can't make six footers for par, you are gone. Six footers on a really on a lightning fast, you know, bent grass golf course, not Bermuda. You know, you you got to know this place. And but Peters did do well in his first time ever last year with a fourth place finish. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, and and, and uh, he did the same thing at Riviera last year. He putted out of his mind. I yeah, I, I haven't done the research, so I don't know how yeah. he got to that fourth place finish last year. But I'd but be interested you, to you, see the putting stats. If you look, just you know, like you said with Hideki, Hideki's a guy that I just I would not think of him at the Masters. But 
he's he's got the he's got it there. I mean, his last three straight tournaments here, he was T eleven last year, T seven and sixteen, and then fifth and fifteen. He's gained twenty six and a half strokes on the field the last three years or last four years. He did miss a cut his first year, but if he's healthy. And you're going to be able to get a guy at 8400 like him at maybe a low price because he's had the injury and whatever else. It'd be a pretty pretty damn good play. Yeah, the ownership is going to be interesting with this because there's so many good players. I just feel like it's it's going to be extremely diluted. It feels it like. Is. Um, it is. Or I wonder if guys like DJ and and JT are just going to be ignored. I mean, although DJ is six hundred dollars more than Justin Thomas, which is is a big leap from a first to second. I, I wonder if DJ is going to be ignored. It's, I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. The Masters is coming. I can't wait. I'm I'm pumped about it. Plus, you have the road to Augusta, Pat. The road yes. to Augusta. It's coming up. Fantasy Draft, our friends at Fantasy Draft, facilitating the Road to Augusta Challenge. If you guys are not in that, you have basically two more weeks. You have this week and next week for the Shell Houston Open. But we are drawing. Pat, wait a minute. Are we basically drawing like next fr- Thursday or Friday? So mm-hmm. we're, like a, we're, like more, we're like a little more than a week out from drawing. That's yes. going to be a good time. So we are going to pick... One lucky individual is going to win round-trip airfare, hotel for two nights, some food and drinks, a ticket to round two at Augusta, the Friday round, with me, Pat, and a couple of special guests. We're going to be out there all day long at Augusta National, walking the grounds. It's going to be phenomenal. It's just going to be such a fun time. All that's paid for by Fantasy Draft. Big shout out to Fantasy Draft. You guys need to make sure you enter this contest. If you have not already, you go to Fantasy Draft, sign up for a new account, use the promo code TourJunkiesRG. That's TourJunkiesRG. Sign up for a Fantasy Draft account and then enter the Tour card, which is the $25 GPP. You get five entries for that one. Every time you enter, you get five more. And then for every other PGA Tour GPP that you enter, you get an additional entry. So if you've not done that, you got some catching up to do. You need to get in there now and do that for the next couple weeks uh, for the WGC and the Shell. But we will be drawing for that in less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. And then, and then it's basically going to be like, like if we draw your name, this is going to be awesome. If we draw your name, you can expect like quickly a DM, email, Fantasy draft contacting you, setting up airfare. Can you imagine? Like you're you're gonna get the call. You're gonna, then you're gonna call your wife or your significant other. Or maybe you don't have one. Great, good for you. And then you're just gonna be like, "Yo, I'm out. I'm going to Augusta." You're calling your boss. You're clearing that up. You're you know, it's it's gonna be a good time. You're gonna hop on a plane and you're gonna get here to Augusta. You're gonna experience the Masters. You're gonna get to hang out with us, and we're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It will be. A ton of fun. You don't need to worry about it. if you're if you're worried about it, if you're nervous that this is going to be fun. Don't worry. Yeah, we promise. Shall be a there's good. A, there's a track record. Really good time. Yeah, we, we're <laughs> one for one on the fun on the fun meter. We we crushed it last year. And and then poor Mike only got to go to a Monday round. Michael Riva, he only got to go to a Monday. You get to go to a Friday round. Tiger will be there still. You know, so there's no chance that that he's not there. Everybody's there. We're gonna we're gonna have a phenomenal 
time. In addition to that, Pat, one thing that we haven't mentioned in the last couple weeks, but that coincides, is that if you have never left us an iTunes review, you can leave us an iTunes review, and we're going to pick one person, and we're going to give you $250 worth of spending credit at the Masters Pro Shop. If you're not going to make it this year, we will be your personal shoppers. We'll tell you who wins. You give us your size, whatever it is you want, your wish list, and we'll send you $250 worth of free swag just for leaving an iTunes review. That's all you got to do. Just leave an iTunes review. That's it. So if you've not done it, find a way to make it happen. Okay? Now, all you people who use like Android and stuff, God love you. We love you. Thank you. But, you know, I don't know. Find somebody with an iPhone and leave a review under their screen name. Remember the screen name. And then when we announce the winner, you just be like, yo, that's me, dog. And then we hook you up. That's all you got to do. Leave the review. That's you it. can get a lot of good stuff for $250. And now, I will say this. The, the, the prices in the store are not, they're not comparable to the prices at the concession stand. But you, <laughs> get, you can get some pretty good stuff for, uh, for $250. Yeah. Word on the street is, too, Pat, there is a new pro shop, a massive I new pro shop that. this year. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Pat got a little. We got a little inside in, info coming for the Masters Pod on what's going on at Augusta uh, behind the fence there. That, but anyway, yeah. Don't forget the iTunes contest as well. So that's going on. Road to Augusta is going on. There's a lot of good stuff going just for listening. So there you go. Um, anything else to add to that, Pat? No. Good. Good job. Way to go. Hey, Pat, would you rather talk about the, we're going to talk about both, but would you rather talk about the match play or Punta Cana right now? Mm, Punta Cana. Punta Cana? Yeah. Do you know anything about this golf course? Yeah, I'll give, you want me to give you a little golf, uh, golf course rundown? Yes, I do want you to give us a golf course rundown. So how do you say this town? What is this? Corrales? Corrales, I believe. Corrales, yeah, Punta right? Cana Resort and, and Club Championship. Yeah. This course is, let me tell you, this course is 7,668 yards. Pretty pretty long. Actually, it's the second longest course outside of, guess guess what's first? They've already played there. Uh, the uh, uh, Club de Golf Chapultepec? No, no, oh. no. Second longest course on tour this year. The first longest is Torrey Pines. Ah, uh, Torrey. Okay. Yeah. Um, par 72. It's a Tom Fazio. Fazio design course. Uh, I think wind is the main thing here. Because this course, they, they're going to be able to bomb it off the tee. It's a resort course, and you know how that is. We talked about that in, in, in plenty of resort courses before. You can, you can, the fairways are huge. You know, the greens are pretty easy to hit. So it's not really exactly like the hardest course. Scoring is going to be huge for us. So when we're looking at stats, I think scoring is going to be, you know, your main stat that you're looking at. Um, as a matter of fact, when Dominic Bazzelli won this tournament in 2016, he, uh, I think he had 22 birdies and like two or three eagles. Three so eagles. This, yeah. So this is a scoring course. You got, uh, Bermuda greens, uh, no, sorry, Paspalum greens. Yeah. I'm getting the two courses confused here because there's two courses we're looking at this week. They're relatively slow though. Um... That's about it. That's all I've got really on the course. Very receptive greens. So Very soft. these guys are Very just going to be taking dead aim. So they're, 
So big freaking wide fairways where they can just rip away, and then they're going to take a putting contest aim. this week. Yeah, it's just making the putts. Of course, you have the Devil's Elbow. Whoa, the Devil's Elbow! I forgot about that. The three hole closing three holes, which is just ridiculous. I'm so sick of that. Um, but yeah, length is an advantage. Length is an advantage. Uh, aggre- like just aggressive golfers. Um. You got to score. Yeah, you got to score. I mean, I'm a little more interested in this event than I am in in terms of DFS. I'm a little more interested in playing this event than I am the WGC just because at least I have a cut and I can I can gain a slight edge getting 6 6 through. But at the same time, I still feel like I mean, when you get to this level, even though this is an alternate event, it's not the strongest field in the world like when you get to this level and it's just a dart throwing contest and then who can make, you know, who can make the putts to me, it's just so it, there's just a lot of variance. There's a lot of variance that can happen. Um, so I'm not, I will say this. I, I'm just not pumped. We said in the beginning of the show, I'm just not pumped about this week in terms of DFS. I, I would just much rather save some bankroll for some masters you know masters gpps i do i'm i would i'm actually more excited about filling out brackets for the wgc than i am any form of dfs honestly but uh, in terms of dfs i'll have more bankroll allotted to this tournament than i will the wgc what about you yeah no i think so i mean here's the thing with match play it's just like we talk about the how variable picking golf is in in a just a normal tournament like last week at the API, and now you're talking about going into match play where there's also you know not only are they playing the course but the human element element is involved where you you gotta you know play against a guy. There's 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 a I don't know. It's just I can't. Well, the match play. The DraftKings scoring is the other factor for the match play. And what happens if a guy withdraws or what happens if a guy, you know, there's a lot of variables that could just leave you really pissed off at the end of it. Um, if If you dig deep into the scenarios that could happen under the DraftKings scoring in the WGC, I would much rather do a pool with friends and do the bracket challenge. Like I would feel way better about that. Now props to draft. I'm happy that like DraftKings tried to do something with it, but I'm just not that interested in it. Now fantasy draft is going to have the alternate event at the Corrales. I know FanDuel has the alternate event. So, I mean, I'm going to get into that a little bit. Um, some of my favorites I'll give you for Corrales. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going bombers. I'm going bombers. Guys who can can rip off birdies. Um, I think my favorite play by far is a guy who's in good form, who's absolutely a bomber, who's been playing well with his wedges lately, which I think you could have a lot of wedges into these greens, and that's at 10,000 Patrick Rogers. Um, I love Patrick Rogers here. I'm just not interested in those guys at the top. Like I think none of those guys. Yeah, I, I think don't Grillo. 
not I love Grillo, but he's not a bomber. He's traveled a ton. There's no reason to pay eleven six for a million. I think you're Grillo. chasing the names if you take you some are. of these top guys. You are. Piercy, I kinda like. I just think the price is too much. Furick, Sabatini, those guys just don't hit it enough for me. Like I think Rogers is a clear play here. Um just been in great form. So I love Patrick Rogers. I, I'd be a hundred percent overweight on Patrick Rogers. I, I'm I'm with you there. I also think that the at nine thousand Robert Garrigus yep, makes sense. He was the next guy I had. Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, we talked about how the, the I guess the the second or the first longest course on tour was Torrey Pines, and that was a farmer's insurance, and he finished eighth there. Um, yeah, and, and I don't think this is this. You can't compare these courses because it's not like that at all. But obviously, he's a long hitter of the ball. Nine thousand is a, is a good price for that guy. He could easily be up. What I think you're getting a great deal on him um, because you're. They're just. This is a name tournament. The people at DraftKings are sitting here making their prices and they're just looking at names. I, I really think that because they're not. There's not a whole lot else to go by. Um, so I, I love some Garrigus at, at nine thousand. I think he's a good pivot off of the. Off of Corey Connors, who just got a ton of attention last week at the Valspar. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I had Garius as well. Just below him, I like Trey Mullinax at 8,800. Yeah. We just saw him at the Valspar, guy. finished tied for eighth. Another long hitter. Um, been working on his wedge play as well. So I'm a Mullinax fan. Uh, who else? Who else you like? Well, I think that um, I think Kevin Tway at eight thousand. I mean, we're, yeah, I'm not, I debated on Tway. Ah, he is a bomber. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's certainly you know makes sense here. Um, you look at a guy like Sam Ryder at seventy eight hundred. I think he could be an interesting. You know, he came into um, what was it, the Valspar. And he had he had three rounds. No, sorry. Well, Friday and Saturday rounds were were very good at the Valspar, but then he had he had two. You know, Sunday was not very good, but he could he could have finished pretty good at the Valspar. I, I do like Sam Ryder. Um, See, I, I think I prefer Answer, he, who's in a little better form. Yeah, and Varner, who's not in great form, but I just think. You know the the stat fit, and he's a name that should be higher up. I think. Yeah, Keith Mitchell interests love me. Love Keith Mitchell, seventy five hundred. I think that's a great price for him. Yeah, love it. What are his betting odds? Because I would, I would, I think his betting odds that might be total bomber, super aggressive, can score the birdies. You know, he makes birdies all. I mean, I, I love that play. What else? Um, dipping down, I like Tom Lovelady at seventy three hundred. Web dot com guy hasn't been great, but he's flashed. Um, flash at the Honda with a tie for seventeenth. Um, I think Matt Jones is a value at seventy two hundred. He's another guy who can just mm-hmm. who can come. now if you he really score, he scores too. I mean, he's yeah. a guy that can score so. A long hitter, one of the longer guys in this field, is right below Matt Jones. In t- terrible form, Web.com grad, Lanto Griffin 
at 7,200. If you just want to really take a flyer, finish 12th at the Farmers, your corollary event. Um, Lanto can score. (laughs) I feel like we could say every single player in this field is not in great form. (laughs) It's like there's nothing in here. Nobody in here just absolutely kills it. Well, I mean, gorillas. I mean, the guys at the top, I guess, are. But yeah, but there's nothing here that nah. Um, but I, I do think Lanto's in play as a, just a long shot flyer GPP. Now, let me tell you who the cheapest guy I would go. The cheapest guy I would go is John Daly. Ooh. How about John Daly at 6,800? Like we, I mean, this just seems like a great course for him. <laughs> Actually, here's I, and and another thing is he's playing a lot lately and playing. He's one of those kind of hit or miss guys, which I think you can. That's what you want to maybe go with this week when it when it comes to like a tournament type play. I don't mind that at all. I just think that's interesting. I, I, I take that back. He's not the cheapest doggo, but he's one of the cheapest. We got to talk go- about Baldo. Sixty five hundred bucks. Boom. I'm going Baldo. Like. What, what, what do we know about Bowdo, Pat? Here's what we know about Bowdo. The guy is ultra-talented when it comes to the game of golf. He's taking a little bit of time off. We don't know what we're going to get out of him, so why not play him, especially in like a tournament lineup when you get him this cheap, right? And he, from what we hear, he is hitting the driver incredible right now. So, well, I mean, we saw him. I mean, we hung out with him at yeah, the PGA we show in January, and he was hitting the driver all right. Um, he has had the time off. He's been working. He, he. I think this is a good spot for him, man. Like a good spot just to get some confidence back. It's what it's wide open fairways, which is what he needed. You know, like I mean, that was his issue was was the driver. And this is going to give him plenty of room to just rip it. But you give me a two-time PGA Tour winner down here at, at the minimum price? A two-time recent PGA Tour winner? There's nobody even close to that here. The fact that he's cheaper than Tony Romo then, absolutely pisses me off. Than Lynn Matisse. Uh, than Tony Romo. I know, yeah. F- I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> You're going to have to be- an NFL quarterback. Uh, let me make note 53 minute mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is ridiculous, but I'm I'm all about it. I will have low heaps of Bowdo for that reason. Yeah. I'm gonna be pulling for him hard, man. I think the entire DFS community will be pulling for him. I'm with you. Good dude. I hope he I hope he hope he freaking wins. I just want him to win. But what about Tony Romo? Like you can't touch him, right? Like I have zero interest in Tony no, Romo. No, I will not play Tony I Romo. I hope people one. What do you think he's gonna be owned? You think he's gonna he's gonna crack like three <laughs> percent? Wait a minute, is DFS legal in Texas? Yes, it is. So if DFS is legal in Texas, all these Dallas Cowboy homers will be rostering him. That's I just does he crack a, does he crack five percent? If he's over five percent, good God, that's free money. This this I, I will learn. We will learn a lot about the DFS community <laughs> and 
people that play this game if they have if if he is at five percent. Does he break eighty? I think he breaks eighty, but there's no way he, he makes a cut. Does he no break? Does he break seventy eight? He does. He's not going to make. You the think cut, he's going to break seventy eight? I think on a course like this, he probably can. I mean, because you can score on this course. I yeah, think but he's what if he gets some... windy though? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you're talking seventy eight, like one round. I do think yeah. one of the two rounds he breaks seventy eight. Yes. You don't think he makes a cut? No, I don't think he makes a cut at all. I don't, I don't know that he breaks 78. I don't even think he comes close to making the cut. I don't think he breaks 78. But These guys, this is the thing. People think... <laughs> it's you know, Steph Curry, I thought, showed out pretty well when he, he, he played in his tour. Yeah. But... It's a, this is a different ball game for, and I know that he's he's retired now. That Tony Romo can do whatever the heck he wants, and but it's it's just not the same. These guys are so freaking good. So yeah. yeah. All right, I think that's enough about that. I don't really have anything to do with the match play. Do you? Well. I mean, we got to talk about the groups. They just got picked. So the so the groups just got picked an hour before our, before we were recording this. Um, they're playing in Austin. To me, it's a course that kind of can fit anybody. I mean, we saw DJ bludgeon it last year, but you can see guys who aren't necessarily just total. It's not necessarily just a bombing gallops track. It opens up to anybody. Obviously, match play brings in a whole new element to it. Um, it's not, but if you if you look at you know DJ talking about this last year, I mean he hit driver a lot of holes, and then you see you know the finals last year was Rom and DJ, so both guys that are are known for yeah. bombing it off the tee. Yeah, I just don't think I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about these groups. Group one, DJ, Burned Wiesberger, Adam Hadwin, and our boy Kevin Kisner. I saw you, you tweeted about this uh, earlier tonight. I think there's a clear winner in this group, and that's Dustin Johnson. I don't think Kiz has a chance, nor do I think Adam Hadwin or Burned Wiesberger has a chance. I think this is an automatic bid for Dustin Johnson. You disagree? I, I don't. I mean, I think that, I think the only way that you see um, anybody else win this is maybe, like a kid's. I think he's obviously a fiery competitor, and that's when I when I talk about kind of the hu- human element to this game and to, to match play. That I think that he can, you know. But I just don't see anybody in this group that's going to beat DJ. I think this is probably one of the easiest brackets to pick yep and for that reason i'm not playing any of the other three in DraftKings. like i don't know why no. yeah that they're all gonna now, have short keep careers. in mind here here with with whatever this with the scoring this week for for this match play deal they are gonna get three rounds i guess guaranteed yeah because they you know you got the group play with four guy or four guys in each group so you're gonna get three rounds but um so it's not like it's all like one and done immediately like it used to be. So don't don't think of it that way. But yeah, DJ should be far and away the favorite to win here in this group. 
Yep. Group two, Justin Thomas, Luke List, Molinari, and Patton Kazire. I think this is an interesting group. Like, I mean, obviously Justin Thomas is the favorite. He's just in lights-out form. But I, I think this is going to be a tough – I think List, with his form and his ability to bomb it, is interesting. You know, I mean, Kazire's not in the best form, but – I don't know. I think List is interesting. I think he's a really good price on DraftKings too. If you if you want to play him in in DK, he's like seventy seventy three hundred on DraftKings. I, I think I think List could come out of Group Two if anybody other than JT. Wow, so far we're we're on the same page here. Yeah, because I, I'm with you on List. I think he could be a, a guy that comes out of here and wins this group. Um. One of the things you want to look at, too, is consistency when it comes to, to these players. You don't want guys that can throw up some you know, huge scores. And, and I think Patton Kazire is one of those guys. Now, yes, he can score and make birdies and do whatever. But I, I just don't see the consistency out of him. I see more consistency out of lists lately. And obviously, JT is consistent. But when it comes to match play, that's, that's the key. I mean, these guys cannot – because you can screw up some holes – but you got to be consistent, and, and I think Luke List can do that. So, so there you go. The next group, by the way, I, I don't even know if we need to talk about because I think Rom comes out of that group. And now I agree. I mean, the the argument is is Affy Barnrat's record in match play is pretty good. Um, I still I'm with you. I think it's Rom, pretty hands down. Yeah. Um, uh, group four is interesting. Spieth. Schwartzel, Hao Tong, and Patrick Reed. What do you think? I'm going to go with Hao Tong Lee in this group. Whoa, really? Yeah, I think he's going to win this group. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think he's going to win this group. I don't. I think Spieth is still not going to show us this week that he's, even though everybody considers him, you know, the Texas guy and whatever else. And and Reed is. How can you? Yeah. Oof. I I think this, this is this is kind of like a flyer. I type think this is Patrick coming. Reed, man. I mean, it's in Texas. No, Lee's going to win this match group. Play Patrick Reed's no. in form. Everything Lee is going to win this group. As a matter of fact, Lee's going to win this group, and then he's probably going to make a run into the semifinals. Is what I think. The Asian invasion of Hao Tong yep. Lee. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, then you must like him in DraftKings at 6,700 because that's, uh, that's a bold 6, call. I like Reed at 7,700. I think, I mean, again, his match play performance in Texas, he's a Texas guy, likes Spieth. I, I love this spot for him. Taking down the golden boy, I, I, think, he'll, I think he'll eat this up. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Hao Tong Lee. All right. Group five. Hideki, Cantlay, Miyazato, and Cam Smith. I don't know. I think it's a Hideki. I think it's Hideki. Yeah, I have a hard time. I kind of want to go Cantlay, but I think it's Hideki. This is. I feel like this is a weak group that Hideki should own. Yeah. So. Same thing that Group Six. I given what we just saw Rory do. Rory should own. This I think group. Rory's clearly. Yeah. I mean, Harmon started out okay at the API, but really fizzled. Um, doesn't have the length. Yeah, I think I think Rory clearly. Now, Group Seven. 
This is an interesting this group. This is a it? really interesting group. I think this will be one of the more interesting, more competitive, maybe. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna make a bold call here. I'm gonna say Fratelli. <laughs> you know, there's two guys in here that I think that, that are interesting because we obviously know Sergio and we know Xander Schauffele and how they've played. Fratelli's sort of a newer name, but also the newest name in this group is Shabakar Sharma. Yeah. And I think Sharma has something to prove here. This is a guy that he's got a master's invite. He's he's gotta have that edge that he's, you know, wants to show that he belongs. And and so there's a there's a part of me that wants to look at him. I don't know if he's gonna win this group, but I think he's gonna show well here. So he's interesting to me and Fratelli as well. I, I don't think I think it's going to be one of those two guys that wins this group. I don't think it's going to be Xander, and I don't think it's going to be Sergio. You know, you talk about Sergio, he's coming off of his his uh, his girl, Azalea, was just born. Love that name. You know, that's a, that's Augusta National mm-hmm. name. I don't know if he's, he's going to be quite all there yet. Now, we do talk about the, the nappy factor. Um, but for an event like this match play, I don't know. I don't know if I'm as high on the nappy factor. So I, I think I think that three or four seed Fratelli or Sharma are going to come out of here. Fratelli, University of Texas grad, played for UT. Probably familiar with this golf course. Really good price on DraftKings if you're looking there at sixty nine hundred. Um, yeah, I think this is an interesting group. All right, Group 8, Jason Day, Oosthuizen, James Hahn, and Jason Duffner. <sighs> well, Day and Oosthuizen both um, have played well here. Obviously, Day's won, I think, twice here at this event. Oosthuizen was second last year, I think, wasn't he? No, he wasn't second no, last Tana year. Hara, he... I think, made it to the final. No, 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 he didn't. Ron was in the final, That's but they right. were, I think Oosthuizen and... and he was up there the last two years. You're I can't right. remember what year yeah. it was, but um, I still have a hard time without you know going outside of day. Here's the thing: when you look at these, you know, if you this event, the top players in the world have typically fared extremely well here, so it's hard to pick up outside of them in these groups. You know, I mean, he had like. Day went here twice. Rory, Tiger in his heyday, was winning here every other year. So you don't really see like a random guy win this tournament. Yeah, I think I lean Usti here. I think I lean Usti. Um, definitely feel better about him on DraftKings too. Group nine, Tommy Fleetwood, Berger, Poulter, and Chapel. I'm pretty sure it's Fleetwood here. Anything different? Nah, I'm with you there. Group 10, uh, gun to my head, Paul Casey, but I think Russell Henley has a shot. I do think he does, too. He has has a a great match play history. You look at when he played at Georgia, um, I think he was like... Like it, something ridiculous, like five or six and zero when it came to match play in in the NCAA tournament. 
So Henley is a guy, and he can putt lights out, and that's where I feel like when you're draining putts on guys, especially head-to-head like this, that's where you just sort of kill the mentality that somebody else has, regardless of how well they're, they're hitting the ball. So I think he can do that. Um, group 11, you have Mark Leishman, Brandon Grace, Julian Surrey, and Bubba Watson. I'm taking some Surrey, and here's why. He's the last player right now to get in this event. And I always feel like somebody who just comes into an event is the last guy (laughs) in. I think he's worth a flyer play on him. I'll I'll have some of him in some lineups. That is for sure. Wow, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to go Leash here. I'm going to go with another favorite. He's the favorite. So group all season Texas. It just it it works. Um, Terrell Hatton, Charlie Hoffman, Alexander Levy, and Brendan Steele in Group Twelve. I think this one is tough. I think this is. I think this group's kind of up for grabs. Um, yeah. I mean, this is one of those groups where literally, like, probably it's going to be Levy just because nobody's going to take him. But I, I, I don't know. It's just a tough group. I give an edge. I, I'll I'll go Charlie if I had to pick. I'd go Charlie. Um, group thirteen. You got Norin, Finau, Na, and Peters. I mm. think I think it's Norin. I'm I'm. I don't care about the sexiness of Tony Finau and Thomas Peters bombing it all over the place. I think Norin's a better player. If it gets windy, I like him. That's it. I'm with you there. I, I think that. The just don't get cute in this one. This is one of those where you yeah. you want to kind of be different, but I think you just go with Norn. Group fourteen: Phil, Charles Howell the third, Cabrera Bello, and Satoshi Kodiara. Who do you like here? I, I gotta go Cabrera Bello. I think he's you know, he played well here last year. Uh, has been playing well recently, so I think it, I think he's probably gonna be my favorite play. So I will. I love some Cabrera Bello this week. I'm going to believe in the Masters inspiration and the last week to get in the top 50 in the World Golf Ranking. I'm going Charles Howell. I just feel like... He played here. He played well here last year. Yeah, so. and I just think, oh, I just he's, he's As a matter of fact, last year he gave it such a run that there was like he he did the same thing that you're talking about, like where if he had just made it, I think like another round, he would have made it into the Masters. He's got to so. want it so bad. Yeah, I mean, you just know he's got to want it so bad. Group fifteen: Pat Perez, Gary Woodland, Siwoo Kim, and Webb Simpson. I gotta go Woodland here. I just don't see. I'm in actually good form. I'm actually gonna go a slight edge to Webb. It, more more match play experience, seasoned caddy on the bag, and Paul Tesori in good form. I think Webb here. Okay. Finally, in Group 16: Matt Kuchar, Zach Johnson, Ross Fisher, and Yuta Ikeda. I think this is clearly a two-horse race between Kuchar and Zach Johnson. Ross Fisher still likely dealing with a little bit of a back injury. Um, I mean, Zach's tough in match play, but I, so is Kuch. Kuch, they both have good match play records. They do. Um, and, and Kuch, we've seen, like, even back in his amateur days when he, he won the U.S. Amateur, he's 
he's got that match play. So I think Cooch for me is going to be that guy. This is the most boring group I've ever seen. <laughs> They're going to like. I'm going to I'm going to go ZJ just to go opposite of you. I think it's a coin flip between those two. I'll go Cooch just because I love his, his the fact that he's won a U.S. Amateur before in match play, and he he's. I want to see like a Zach Coocher. You know, dual showdown. Yeah, dual. we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. There's gonna be no cuss words, but they're gonna. Gosh darn it, Matt Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that wasn't the case for this week's podcast, and um, amazingly enough, we have gone over an hour and ten minutes talking about two tournaments we couldn't have cared less about. That's pretty impressive. So if, if you've hung on this far, you must care, and we appreciate it. Thank you for listening. To the Tour Junkies podcast. We will be back next week for the Shell Houston Open and then a huge show for the Masters the week after that. Don't forget to enter the road to Augusta if you've not done that already. Don't forget to leave that iTunes review for your chance to win $250 in the pro shop. That's a good deal. Uh, as you know, as every week, but really important here, if you're gonna play DFS for the alternate event. In the uh, you know, Corrales or the WGC, you want to check FanshareSports.com. Check those ownerships. That's going to be super important, especially for the match play. You want to check that. So thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. May your screens be green. See ya. Oh. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. My heart skips skipping the beat. You're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.